0: to the forgot my dice podcast as always i am your host jonathan edwards and with me the paladin to my barbarian mr robert Lundgren.
1: how you doing hello hello i'm doing all right doing all right it's nice to be not sick you sound better you sound much much better <laughs> i was re-listening to last week's uh, episode i was like wow yeah i forgot really how was, ill uh, i was drug-fueled
0: insanity if i've ever heard it
1: well i i was listening to that part about viral zombies and i i just just sitting there and i um uh i was sitting there the whole time and i'm like virus man like how do you translate the virus how i feel into game mechanics i was so (laughs) fixated on that and and i remember just stewing on that while you guys were talking uh before i piped up and and For whatever reason, I got this flash of something I saw Stephen King say that uh, the novel Dreamcatcher is just supposed to be like the novellic representation of how uncomfortable he was sitting in that hospital bed after he got hit by the car.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty apt. If you want to feel equally uncomfortable, just go watch the movie version of it and you'll know what it is to be uncomfortable because it is so bad. As always, we want to get started with a big old thank you to our patrons over at Patreon. You guys help us keep the lights on and help us keep this... uh I don't know what to call it because, like, we've been all over the place the last few episodes, and we're sorry. It's been a lot of allergies, a lot of drugs. You know,
1: you've been sickness. you've been really negative lately, and this is a positive podcast. We we have fifty seven episodes of uh, of content, and as Brendan correctly pointed out in his most recent episode of Pick Up and Deliver, we are the superior podcast. So I'm going to stick with that because we are worth like eight or nine episodes of him on average. So you know, I mean, we're we're a gigantic podcast. <laughs> We're like the six foot long sub of podcast, sir. And he he's like he's like a, a PB and J. I'm going there, Brendan. I'm going there because you made it sound like us being long winded was bad. I listened.
0: Please send all comments to Robert, care of Forgot My Dice Podcast. Yes,
1: yeah, send your comment, Brendan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just have you know, I sh- threw no shade this fine day. <laughs> Yet it feels Yet. a little cooler in Chicago, it's because Robert's throwing the shade. <laughs> Moving right along. So we have a few corrections that we wanted to talk about. First, Robert has been gloating about some map <laughs> work that he did.
1: Yes. <laughs> so you gave me a lot of guff that I lived closer to Portillo's than you did. However, I found... That you forgot to, you you were looking for the ones in the Chicago area, which is all well and good. However, there is a Portillo's in Peoria, Peoria, whatever, that town in Illinois, right? From your house to that Portillo's, it is 989 miles. Whereas from my house to the one in La Habra, California, is 998. Brenna Park. Brenna, whatever, I don't even care. The point is (laughs) get it right. If you're gonna call me out, do it right. No, no, because it'll make you suffer. <laughs> I don't know what that means. The point is, I don't even care about the map. You are nine miles closer than I am, so who's closer to the Jonathan? Say it. Say it. Who was right and who was wrong? What? What was that, Jonathan? I- I'm listening, but I'm not hearing anything. You right. You started whispering something, man, but you faded out because you were just too chicken. <sighs> Oh yeah, yeah. Oh that indecision, and it just nourishes me. Oh, and the side. I'll just sigh. give you this
0: fine victory. You were correct because I know I'm going to kick your ass on the uh, annual predictions. Wait, I w- I was cr- oh, No, for three. I'm going for a three Pete. I three-peat. I whatever, man. Whatever. It's okay. But you you had this one. You won this round, but you haven't won the mm-hmm. war, Robert. I, haven't
1: I I'm terrible road. predictions, man. I'm not I'm not planning on winning that war. I love this next announcement, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you do it. You do it. You do it. Friend of the show, Ray Greenley and his
0: wife had their baby girl on February 7th, beating Amelia out. Leanna Susan Greenley was born on February 7th. She's happy, she's healthy, so is mom. Congratulations to Ray and everybody over in the Greenley family. And that is actually a baseball team now.
1: Yeah, nine. There's nine. Is yep. that a
0: baseball yeah. team? That is a baseball team. They can feel the team. Three,
1: one, two, three, five. Six. Yes, true. Truth. Fun fun
0: (laughs) so there we go congrats ray congrats uh mrs greenlee and congrats to the whole family on the new edition that is fantastic i would like to say that i've joined you but no sadly amelia is uh
1: she's playing the long game robert she's playing the long game the long con the long con yeah don't worry don't worry we got your back we got your back jonathan and you got a special shout out somebody from the old store days yeah 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 so, uh, not that he like exclusively played at my store or anything cool, but uh, this weekend, uh, yeah, Robert Wagner Crankle uh, won the Star City Games Dallas Open, and that's a big Magic tournament. And we couldn't find an exact attendance number, but a big it, Magic tournament, yeah, it was somewhere between eight and nine hundred people, as best as we could f- figure, because there were like four hundred and change tables, and I think it was four hundred and twelve tables. So, assuming everybody was there for that, that means that there was like eight hundred twenty-four, give or take. But that—that that was the only number, and they may have added more, like at the time, because who knows? Like maybe they—they they had a little extra overflow space. But that—that that was about the best we could find. Was there eight hundred and twelve or four hundred and twelve tables, and you know, two people a table, blah blah blah. But yeah, he—he uh, he won five large and a trophy, and I think he's got like a spot on a qualifier now for Star City Games. But yeah, no, it's just cool that somebody from the old shop that used to play magic at my place, like. Wrecked, Like, you know, w- winning five larger than magic tournament is, is not a small accomplishment. And, and it was a lot of games. It was a lot of games, yeah, Jonathan. Got you. you were telling me it was a ton of matches. So on day one on Saturday, he had to play nine games. And then the people who had the best records went to day two. And on day two, they had slotted that they were going to play six matches or they were going to cut to top eight whenever it happened first. So I don't know if they played all six matches, but we're talking worst case scenario here. He played 15 games of Magic. And my buddy was telling me on, his, on the, the, the top eight, which is where it's single round elimination, he didn't lose a game. He 2-0'd the final, the semifinal, and then the, the whatever the third final is. What kind of deck did he have? Do you know? Uh, I do not know. He, he was on the stream later just saying, he's like, yeah, I kind of showed up, uh, borrowed a friend's deck, and I won, you know, nonchalant, you know. Well, there you go. But that's what I expect. That's the power of Forgot My Dice, folks. No, that's the power of my old shop, but via the transit of property, that just, is the just power of forgotten eyes. Let days. it happen because you oh, know it's it's the transit of property is real. Marketing, you're part of it. You're part of it. You're part of the trend because okay. you you shopped at my old store. That's how we met. I, damn straight. I miss the old shop. We we would set our children loose <laughs> on each other <laughs> on each other release the hounds <laughs> <really chat>. <laughs> while they they tore apart my store. But I was like, yeah, whatever. No one's no one's here. It's just you and me. So. And it's, a, of course, a national day, Robert. What, what day is it today? Jonathan, happy National Lash Day. Today, February 19th, when this episode should hit. Like eyelash? Eyelash, yes. It's the day to promote the love and need for true and false eyelashes. Every type of eyelash gets love today, Jonathan. False ones, true ones, whatever, whatever. It's just lash day. Celebrate and honor your eyelashes, people. They keep the mites out. Wow, that's a very specific use. <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, there is a there is an environment where eyelashes actually get in the way, by the way. And that, that is uh, when it gets really, really cold. Have you ever had your eyelashes freeze up on you?
1: No. No, I've never been that cold. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: That is the worst thing in the world. When they, they start to collect ice on you. Your eyelashes and your eyebrows will start to collect ice. It's, it's not a happy day.
1: No. Never had it happen. So, but yeah, yes, happy National Lash Day. It's also ha- uh, National uh, Chocolate Mint Ice Cream Day.
0: Oh, wow. There, there you go. There you go. Eyelashes, uh, hopefully not in the Chocolate Man ice cream. Moving right along. <laughs> it is now time for our off-the-shelf segment. This is, of course, our segment where we talk about all the fun stuff that we've had off the shelf. And onto our tables and into our proverbial hearts, Robert.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: hmm hmm Robert, let's get started with some... Ooh, let's start with an RPG because I like the name of this one.
1: Wow, we're breaking format again, Jonathan. You're not just starting with video games. Yes, uh, so because it got delayed via sickness uh, last time, we played our first session of Swords of the Serpentine over uh, the weekend. It was interesting. It's doing that gumshoe thing that I've noticed they've been doing lately where they they do this uh, thing where they ask you questions before the game starts. Like uh, the, oh, I can't talk about it. I can't say specifics. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. So Jonathan, do you remember the starter set adventure for Dungeons and Dragons? Which one? There's been a couple. Well, the the starter set, the the box. Do you remember that one? Yeah, absolutely. Since I can't talk about the adventure directly, I will have to use this as an example. Okay, so in the beginning of the adventure you are traveling, if I remember correctly, in a wagon with a dwarf because reasons, right? So at the beginning of the adventure, sometimes they'll ask you, you know, the gumshoe things will ask you. It's like, what's in the wagon? And, you know, like, why are you there? Or, you know, re- things like that. And it's kind of it's kind of a weird thing because you you um you start kind of building story because you, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I just, I, I thought that was fun. And, uh, yeah, we did stuff. But, again, I just realized I can't actually talk about the specifics of that adventure because I signed an NDA. <laughs> but I could talk about the experience. That would do it. So, yes, the experiences they ask you questions where you fill in blanks in the storyline and the GM is just supposed to roll with it, which is an interesting thing to do in an adventure because it 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 honestly got me a little bit more invested in it because I, I had read the chapter on the lore of the city. So I I, I made a choice based off of that and it, it, you know, made me feel spiffy for actually reading that. I, I, I highly recommend it. Just just inconsequential things that don't really matter. Like, let your players figure it out. It, it gets them invested in the story. It's a, it's a cute trick. I like it. Do you dig what I'm saying? Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get what I'm talking I about? I dig it.
0: I dig it. If you were to ask me, can you dig it? I dig it.
1: Okay. Well, can you, are you going to integrate it into, like, your Star Wars life or whatever you run next? <laughs> Which won't be much of anything because you're going to have a newborn.
0: <laughs> and that's what I was just going to say. I, I, don't think it's gonna, I
1: think it's going to be a minute before I get a chance to play anything. Welcome to a 6 month break from gaming, sir. Population U.
0: <laughs> well, in the meantime, let's talk about what we did get on the table. And let's move over to um let's move over to movies and TVs. We're going to keep on chopping it up. I see I see some Ant-Man and the Wasp. Let's chat.
1: Okay. Yeah, it, it got on the Netflix. We we watched it. Uh I liked it better than the first one. I liked it a lot better than the first one. Oh, really? I think part of the problem is uh a lot of superhero movies, they especially when they do the origin story, they have to do the origin story. And it's just a lot of story to cover, you know, the origin, the villain, the just, you know. And, and I think Ant-Man did it okay, but I think uh, I think not having that baggage where you don't have to worry about that anymore because you already watched it uh, really helped the second one because they could drill down into the story they actually wanted to tell and have it take place over a fairly long period of time and whatnot. So, yeah, no, I like I like the second one better, I got to say. It was just a little bit more... Yeah, it was just a little bit more, it had a better flow and it was uh, not as, didn't feel as hurried. You know, they just kind of did what they did when they needed to and not didn't worry well, about it. I, so mean, much. I think you're right. I think it,
0: all second movies benefit from, uh, from having the established characters because then they don't have to go through all the exposition anymore. But that being said, I liked it equally uh, yeah. to the first one. I thought it was great. I thought they were both fun, super fun.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I'm i not saying Ant-Man's bad. I just I, I think the second one was better. I, I did, it, it was a better put together movie because, yeah, just backstory. It's, it's like it's like Toby's for spider Spider-Man. Like I thought Toby's for spider Spider-Man was OK. But then when they did the second one and they didn't have to do, you know, any of the Uncle Ben stuff or because like because Green Goblin just didn't get enough time in the first one in the original one,
0: which is a pity because Defoe was such a great goblin.
1: Right, right. but And that's what they smartly just ignored in Homecoming. It's like we've seen Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man now. We've seen two different versions of the origin story, not to mention cartoons and whatnot. And Spider-Man at that point was iconic enough. They're like, you know, we don't really need to do this. We'll just move on. It was a much better movie for it. You know, They didn't dwell on why Peter became Spider-Man and with the great power cams, great responsibility thing. They just, they just moved on. <laughs> and it was great for Dear that.
0: Dear DC, please learn this lesson for Batman. Sincerely Jonathan.
1: Yes. We we have already had a Batman origin story. It was it was We've had the Batman Origin story with
0: uh Michael Keaton. We've had it with Christian Bale, we've had it with Val Kilmer, because they covered it
1: again, like three years later. And then they they're doing it in the Gotham Show now, too. And then they they even did it some with with Batfleck. Oh, and and they did it in the animated series. Yeah, just move on. Unless whatever happens to young Bruce is directly you know, whatever with the current story, just skip it. Like we know he went out and did detective work, you know, unless you do Talia al Ghul again and you need to like have a flashback showing them as like teenagers and him deciding like, should I, should I stay and like be all romantic with Talia al Ghul and be an assassin? Or should I continue my quest for vengeance? Like, you know, but like, yes, just, just, we don't need to see the parents get shot again. We know the parents got shot. It's fine. Move on. And please show him to be a detective. I would kill for that. I can't tell you how much I would yeah. kill for a CW show where they spent it, it was more like a procedural crime drama like Bones. It just happened to start Batman like I, I would gladly kill for <laughs> that show.
0: Go. I would I would actually watch the living daylights out of it.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, I see on your list. You watch Batman Begins.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. that Funny that this uh, went that direction.
1: But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, Solo. but that, that was well, just Batman Begins. That was that's that's. Like, it's done. Like, I don't think we need to see that in film again. Like, unless you got something really no, new to say. And
0: it was handled very, very well in Batman Begins. There really is yeah. no reason to go back to it. Batman Begins holds up pretty well, by the way.
1: Yeah, no, of course it does. It's, it's a good movie. I, again, I will still say, I thought it was a mess when I watched it. Uh, Ra's al Ghul did not get nearly enough screen time or motivation. It was very kind of like weird what he was up to. But then we got the Dark Knight out of that. So there you go.
0: Probably the best comic book movie I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And then The Dark Knight Rises. The Dark Knight is, is
0: not the best comic movie I've ever seen.
1: The Dark Knight Rises? Oh, the Dark Knight Rises, I love it on a level... There's a lot to love there, but it's a little bit messy. I love it because Chris Nolan decided he didn't, didn't want to kill Batman, the character. He wanted to kill the idea of Batman, and it kind of worked. It kind of worked. No,
0: no, that, <laughs> that aspect of it worked very well. What, what didn't work was some pacing issues and... and I'm still not a hundred percent sure what Selena was supposed to be doing there other than distracting Bruce. Like that's it, it. She was wasted.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree.
0: Catwoman is such an interesting character. And of all people, Chris Nolan, shame on you. You should have done better
1: with that. See, I'd like to see a Catwoman movie. Cause I, I like, um, current comics, Catwoman, where she's, kind of a vigilante kind of still she still steals stuff for fun occasionally but she doesn't like steal it She just, she kind of like breaks in and steals it just to kind of prove she can and then she just leaves it because not about that you know it's about the challenge not the reward <laughs> you know like i like that selena kyle also i like selena kyle that gets really flirty with batman because that's that's just a great story no matter how you slice it yeah that is a good great story yeah hush was good because of that and then oh anyway okay we're, we're we're way off topic so yes i saw solo <laughs> And what'd you think? I loved it. Your prediction about how they were going to salvage it, how it was going to do do okay on Rotten Tomatoes, and how it was going to be the lowest grossing Star Wars movie—I I think I saw every single thing in that because uh, I didn't hate it. Um, I thought it was—I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed watching it, but I also kind of realized after watching it, it was kind of forgettable. Like I—I I can't recall really what happened in that movie at this point, to be honest with you. Like there was stuff and things. You know what really bugged me about that movie? Sorry, we're not being positive here, guys. They went way too prequel happy. Like, they tried to explain everything Han Solo said in New Hope. Like, it had a moment in that movie. And it was just like, come on, guys, really? Ugh, just just leave some stuff. We don't need to see everything. Like, we don't need to see the Kessel Run it is a fun movie it's it's fun it was a fun movie it was just it was too much it's like we don't need to see the kessel run we don't need to like i would have been far happier if you didn't have the the falcon by the end of that movie you know and and if, oh, if but that train Glenn, ice, though but yeah the train, train, train was good ice. but yeah but like Lando should have flown off with the falcon and and that should have kind of you been it like londo londo lando whatever shut up forgettable lando, lando. whatever you, no you called him londo Sorry, I've been watching Babylon 5. I, I didn't put that in there because I've watched it like 50 times. But yeah, it, sorry. I feel
0: like you just lit your geek street cred on fire.
1: Do you want to talk about Babylon 5? I could put that in there. I just, I, I would rather have talked about Solo and, and the last thing. But we could talk about Babylon 5. You don't want
0: my thoughts on Babylon 5.
1: Oh, that hurts. That hurts. That hurts. I'm a JMS fanboy, sir. Like, you, you, ah, oh, that stings. there's there's a lot of good stuff there there's a lot of good stuff Uh, all right all right all right positive podcast i'm already i'm already don't get me wrong solo solo, there are far worse ways to spend a couple hours (laughs) but it was not it was not it was just a little forgettable like i watched it and i'm like because like rogue one wasn't forgettable rogue one was like cool like i i could still recall very specific plot details about that movie right now (laughs) Rogue
0: one is a brilliant piece of filmmaking
1: I thought the ending got a little too cute for the tie-in to the New Hope. Like they they were winking a little too hard at the camera there. But other than that, like oh, it, was, yeah, it was great. I, I
0: loved it. I thought that was better than the the one that came earlier in the movie when the two guys from the bar show up. That's the one that felt forced to me.
1: <laughs> I forgot about that. That was like, what, what <laughs> purpose did that serve? Well, they were winking a little too hard at the camera. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I, I I thought they they were just trying too hard with Solo. Like they should have they should have had some faith in the story they wanted to tell and just picked like one thing that they really wanted to delve into, like the Kessel run and just ran with it. And instead of kind of like trying to do everything, it it got, it it was like too much like, uh, 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 and it's like, uh, yeah, Amelia Clark, like, uh, her, her storyline in that game, in that movie was great. It was great. I dug that. I dug, I dug the whole scum and villainy angle, you know? And, and yeah, it was just, they tried too hard with a couple other things. Oh, but Chewie was awesome as always. Like Chewie, Chewie always makes me laugh. Chewie's that movie's heart, and and yeah. he, he's the glue in that movie.
0: He he was great. I loved it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I forgot. You, you do how- come away from that
0: movie with a much greater appreciation for for what Chewbacca is to Han. Not yeah. just his yeah. friend, but he's basically his his Jiminy cricket.
1: Yeah, yeah. So anyway, there you go. That that's what I would say. Seventy, it's 70%, seventy percent. Yeah, it's about right. Uh,
0: what else do we have here? You, you, you've got the Steven Universe sort of sort of serious finale.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is interesting. So, yeah, they they straight up ended. Steven Universe is pretty much done. Like they they had this last episode. It was an hour long, and it wrapped up everything in a bow, like everything, and it was great. A show that's been on for five years and has had I don't know how much content, but a lot. Of uh, little 15-minute episodes, but there's been quite a few of them, like 90 or something. It's it's a lot. The whole storyline wrapped up in a bow, it's it's over. Like, you know, like, Steven completed an arc. He starts off as, like, this really immature, stupid boy, and by the end of it, he is believably like this leader of, you know, the super-powered squad. Like, it's, it's just, it's really cool. Like, the whole arc of it was amazing. And so basically what they're doing is, uh, in April, I think, they're going to do a movie and their movie is basically like a new pilot. Like, they're going to basically pitch to us, this is Steven Universe Part 2. And uh, I don't know what that means because they, they haven't really shown anything from it. Like, they sort of have a hint at the villain. But, like, yeah, I, that, that's what it's really feeling like. And if, if the movie does well, then they'll fire up Steven Universe Part 2. And if it doesn't, then I think it's just going to be that, which will be a shame. But Steven Universe is a great show, man. Like, it's so awesome.
0: All right, cool. Uh, yeah. Anything else
1: you want to discuss now? Uh, no, just if you haven't watched it, like, watch it. I think it's on Hulu still. It's, it's a surprisingly good show. Like, surprisingly good. And Steven's, Steven's awesome. Especially a character that's, that's a boy, he gets uh, surprisingly nonviolent uh, throughout the arc of the show, which is nice. His, his style is, is trying to figure things out by talking. And especially by the end of the show, he, he rarely gets in fights. Yeah, uh, you know, he usually just tries to to figure things out and and smart his way through it. Even though he can beat people up by the end of it, he's like not he's not a slouch. So he just doesn't do that much anymore, which is kind of cool because he kind of does go through an arc where he you know solves problems by hitting them, but then he figures out a better way of doing it. I don't know, it's a great show, man. There's like a really long term arc. It's it's amazing. So we'll see, we'll see what I, I I can't wait for the movie. It'll be out in April. We'll we'll see what you know part two Electric Boogaloo of the of the show is. But yeah, it's supposed to like start up a completely new story and everything's new everything's moving on so that's kind of that's interesting i'll be see it'll be interesting if that show lasts a while too because then it'll be like a very separate thing which you don't get to see very often i think the air the the avatar the airbender and then the chorus show i think got to do that but i I can't think of anything else where they pick up a second arc of the show from complete inception where it's just like this is pretty much a different show from here on out even though some of the characters are the same
0: well, I've been watching some TV as well, Robert. Uh, number one, I watched—I uh, I finally showed Batman Begins to the kids. They're all old enough now, I think, that uh, they can watch it, hmm. and uh, we had a good time. The kids absolutely loved it, and that movie holds up real, real well, minus a couple little things here and there. But uh, it's still such a phenomenal exploration of the beginning of Batman. Agreed, um, and it does such a good job of setting up that second movie. It, it just—this weekend we're going to watch the second movie now, so I'm really excited.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone's quite there yet. I, th- I think that Heath Ledger Joker would give her nightmares.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what? I've, I've been I've been flipping the coin on that one, trying to figure out if that uh, is going to fly or not. But Scarecrow's in the first one, and I talked to, to the little ones about it, and, I mean, Linky could care less. He just isn't affected by that kind of stuff. He's too much of a realist. But um, Sophia was really worried about it, and she's like, no, Daddy, it's just a special effect. <laughs>
1: all right all right all right. well kid. that's the thing my my daughter says that and then and then i get woken up at 3 a.m so no
0: no J- J- sophia did fine with the uh, with the uh, scarecrow so i think she'll be all right with with joker i don't know maybe i should wait no no now you got me second guessing myself
1: no nah, man go with your gut you're a parent you, you know you know what's good for your kids uh <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's so easy. It's so much easier with the older kids because
0: it's it's there's a, a distinct line. But with the younger's you just don't know what because PG is just so wide reaching. You know,
1: that's ain't that the truth. And I I I think Dark Knight is PG thirteen.
0: Yeah, but what does that mean anymore? Because like, it just depends on the era too. Because PG is no longer PG. Like, remember eighties PG?
1: Well, up until nineteen eighty four, there was no PG thirteen. So PG was just everything in between dreamscapes my friend the first pg-13 movie and uh, indiana jones and the temple of doom is why they made it <laughs> yeah it was a dark film <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah what happens when george lucas gets a divorce <laughs> indy goes to hell
1: it wasn't it wasn't just him it was also like spielberg and somebody else like yeah, it was, uh, there was
0: a lot of hatred in that movie
1: <laughs> a lot of hatred <laughs> just pouring their darkness out
0: <sighs> so i could continue to watch jack ryan i think i talked about it on the last episode right you you did you did yeah it's uh I, I keep having this moment where I'm just half expecting Jim to break character and stare at the screen and smile um, I know right it's it's not his fault I know he's an actor he can play lots of roles but he that that role just defines him and he's got kind of a goofy face <laughs> <laughs> and it's. It's just sometimes hard to take him as a serious actor because he's got that face. He looks like a little kid. He looks like a 12 year old. I keep expecting him to just turn to the camera and just go, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> yeah. So I don't true, know. True. I don't know. I, I like the show. The show's interesting. It's got some interesting ideas in it. So I'm, I'm having a good time with it.
1: Yeah, maybe I'll have to give that another go.
0: How about some video games, Robert? What have you been playing? I see Jurassic Park Evolution back in the house.
1: Yeah, I beat it. I, uh, I completed all the the division quests and then the credits rolled and it felt that felt done like I, that happened. and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I think I think I'm good. I think I got everything I need to get out of this game right now because, I mean, I could have five starred all the islands to get some other cosmetic stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it's an OK. It's like an OK sim. I like the quest part of it. That was actually really fun. You know, where they they give you these missions and, and they're really complicated. Like, I, have you have you done the, the final islands mission?
0: No, I have not played it in a in a minute. I, I played too much of it at once, and I got a little burnt out. But I'm ready to go back.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, sorry. Sp- uh, do, do you care? Spoiler alert on the last air I mean, quotes it's mission. A strategy
0: game about building dinosaur parks. I'm not too worried about spoilers.
1: Yeah. Okay. So in in one of the, in the last the last mission I did was for security, and uh, what they wanted you to do was build a or breed a Indoraptor or not Indoraptor uh, an Indominus Rex uh, a T Rex. A Spinosaurus, one of those little carnivore dinosaurs that you get really early on in the game, um, like the very first one you can get. I forget what they're called, Camarasaurus or something like that. And I think that's it. But they want you to build them with very specific things. And then they just challenge you to like keep them in their cage for five minutes. And boy, do they get ornery. Like, oh, doctor, I was trying to I was trying to five star the islands. So uh, they through a clever bit of programming. They made it so the Indominus Rex will not attack or do anything to Velociraptors. Uh, they're like the animation they have when they attack each other. They just start kind of like talking instead, which, you know, is, is a good like tie into the movie. But, yeah, it just meant that the Indominus Rex got out and then Velociraptors got out. So I, I pretty much just opened my emergency shelters for forever and just tried to contain these d- mad-as-hell dinosaurs constantly. Because, like, yeah, it was just like I would get one back in its cage and I would shore it up. And then I would, like, clip 30 seconds off the clock and then another one would get out. And I'm like, ah! And so eventually what I started doing, because I'm a terrible person, I started drugging all of them. Uh, when one of them would get out, and then I would un, or and then I would move all of them simultaneously, like twenty feet, just to get them undrugged, and I could run out like forty-five seconds of the clock doing that, and it was just more efficient because basically, while they were sitting there drugged, they would get thirsty and hungry, so they would go eat and drink before one of them decided to like bust out, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that that was fun, like juggling that, and then deciding to be horrifically unethical and tra- tranquilizing dinosaurs for no reason and starving them. You know how yeah, I feel cool gonna... about that. <laughs> <laughs> just bring thought... down the walls, buddy.
0: Bring down those walls and just let nature take. You its can't.
1: Forth. You can't finish the mission unless they're in the walls, sir. So yeah,
0: the mission is a distraction.
1: No, no, the mission is how I got some unlockable I wanted to get. <laughs> so yeah no it was it like i said it was it was fun like but yeah when the credits rolled it kind of felt complete like i was like yeah i think i'm i think i'm good because five starring the three last islands just didn't feel like something i wanted to do at that point so well and you've
0: been sending me a lot of text messages too lots of pictures <laughs> of uh more dragon
1: quest builders i don't know why i'm still playing that game i'm not even in my fever here. i don't know <laughs> why you're still playing that game either You're 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 nuts over it So, like, I, I, after I was feeling better, I was running around the castle I built. And I was just like, why did I build this castle? It's crazy. It's so big. And then I was like, but it's not finished. I should finish it. (laughs) Your first problem was. (laughs) So I went and I finished it. It was nice. And I was like, that, that felt good. That felt good. I finished my castle. I finished my castle. And I wasn't going to do anything else. I was thinking, like, I'm done now. But, like, I still had, like, that building itch. So I'm like, oh, I'll go build this, like, little... I'll go build a house. Because I had an idea on, like, on from stuff I learned in Minecraft about how to build a roof. And I wanted to just try it. I'm like, I'll just try it. It'll be fine. I'll just try it. And next thing I know, I was built two houses. And then I was like, I should build a reproduction of the kind of plot point major in from Dragon Quest Five which I found out the exterior of that and the interior don't match up. So I built the interior and then tried to make it match the exterior as much as I could. And then I built a bath cause they, you can build like a bathhouse because why not? And I put, and then, and yeah, now I'm building a church. <laughs> <laughs> I may need help, Jonathan. I think you I may, do. I think, you yeah, do. yeah.
0: I mean, don't get me wrong. What you're building is impressive. Like I look at these screenshots and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And then I think about all the time you put into it, and I'm like, wow, that's that's amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I I don't know. Go, I, I, I I I I'm not I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready to, you need let it to go, go on
0: Steam. You need to go on on the PlayStation Store, and you need to find yourself a new distraction, or or go to the library, see what they gave you.
1: I, I, I rented Gran Turismo because uh my boy Miles loves cars and it's just adorable when I play that game. He's just like, Look, look, cars, cars and I'm like, Yeah, that's a red car. He's like, oh, Red car. And then um like in some of the races you can change your colors and uh, I'm like, What should I do? Should I be a white car or a red car? He's like, Red car and I'm like, Okay. And yeah, that's it's just adorable. But yeah. Like the Gran Turismo sport has not grabbed me very much. Like I've got a big pile of money, and I'm like, "What do I do with this? I don't
0: understand." Buy new cars. Buy new modifications.
1: I don't know where in the interface I can do that. I haven't yeah, that's seen it the yet. Big
0: problem with Gran Turismo right now. Like the the interface is a mess. It, it kills the game for me. Go buy an Xbox and play Forza. Enough said. I too have been playing some video games, Robert. Uh, continuing to play with your battle chasers, getting nice. stronger. Uh I think uh, my my primary team is now level twenty one. So we're getting up there.
1: Nice. Um
0: and level
1: caps thirty by the way people so he's he's getting there he's getting there
0: and then Sea of Thieves uh, has made a return they uh, brought out some new content I had a couple of buddies who want to play so I've, I've got it reinstalled and we're working through it and that that continues to be a fun little team game I I really enjoy playing that game
1: yeah yeah speaking of pirate games that you and I are supposed to play the the Skull and Bones game it's it's kind of gone silent they they yes. delayed it it
0: will come don't worry I have yeah
1: I I. It's good. It's good. I'd rather them make a better game later than a crappy game oh, yeah. now. yeah, take
0: your time. Take your time when when it's yeah. ready.
1: When it's Yeah, ready. when it's ready. Yeah. I'm I'm okay with that.
0: And then I played a a surprise. Something that came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I played this too. Apex Legends. Yeah. yeah. It takes asymmetrical characters from Overwatch, the mm-hmm. battle royale from Fortnite and player unknown, the random weapon pickups and alterations from player unknown you put in a real good dose of fortnite world building and then some call of duty speed and handling and what you get is i think the best battle royale game i've ever played
1: yeah i i would i would second that one apex legends is
0: brilliant yeah and it, it's such a solid game on launch it is so butter smooth it's so much fun to play
1: yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh my frustrations with it are the same frustrations I had with Fortnite, which is I what I seem to do is I just seem to run around and then it's like, oh combat's starting and I'm dead. <laughs> Give me some
0: time. You you'll get there.
1: Like like I said, Fortnite very smartly released a game mode where um yeah, I don't know if the teams were smaller. It felt like they were smaller, but uh, you, you you respond and you, you it was the first team to get a hundred kills basically wins, and that was good because I started figuring out the combat because I would get into combat more frequently and then respond to try again and try something new. But when your only exposure is just like I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Oh, there's a guy and I'm dead. It's like I I don't know what I should have done differently because I don't get an opportunity to even think about it too hard, you know. And and I and getting back into combat either takes like 30 seconds where when you dive in and you you run into a place looking for a gun and somebody gets it ahead of you and just shoots you. Because I, I either die like immediately in that game or like 10 minutes later. Or it's like a 10-minute long slog where you're trying to figure things out and then all hell breaks loose and then you die.
0: You know what like, I found that's interesting? Um, depending on where you are on the map, there's actually better loot in certain areas. Hmm. It's not like... Battle Royale or uh, Fortnite or any of those other games where everything is completely randomized, there are sections of the map that do contain better loot. So um, try dropping at the relay station. It's that giant satellite dish on the edge.
1: Okay, well I'll, I'll try that next time. I'll give that game another go. There you go. I, I love it though. It's so good. I've been I've been building crap in Dragon Quest. So we'll we'll see when I get back to that because I got to finish my church and then and then I'm gonna build a farm.
0: There you go.
1: <laughs> all right any
0: well you've got a board game on there look at you yeah yeah look at me monster crush the breakfast battle game you went back to target
1: yeah yeah well i like i said i got it and then i got sick so i didn't play it okay so i've played it now i will say this the bob ross games are better not not that this one's bad but the bob ross games they both tie into their theme a lot better than this one this one is exactly what i was worried about when i saw the box it's uh it's it's basically it's not a set collection it's uh you know, you put a card down and then somebody has to put down a card number higher and there's ways to combine cards and whatnot. And that's fine. Like, you know, I mean, I, I, it doesn't really tie into serial all that well, but the game itself is fine. However, it did do the exact thing I wanted it to do, which is it, it does basic math for my daughter. And so for a card game that does very, very basic math, it hit everything I I wanted to hit. Anyone unfortunately has gotten a little discouraged from playing it because she she hasn't like lost any games but she's coming second between like me or mommy you know win and then me or mommy lose (laughs) and get dead last um and she's always in the middle but that always in the middle is starting to bug her and and i I don't know exactly how to fix that besides playing poorly but i don't like doing that either because it's not that she's playing bad she doesn't actually make bad moves it's just either yeah it's not that she's making bad moves i just don't think she's making optimal moves she's kind of in between and I don't know how to fix that with her, but we'll figure it out. But yeah, no, I like it. The quality is really nice. Like, uh, it was fun- <laughs> it was funny. We dragged it out, Jonathan, and my wife looked at it and she's like, "Is this a linen finish?" And I'm like, "God, if I know, we should ask Jonathan." <laughs> Did <Does> it have <laughs> texture on it? <laughs>
0: I don't remember. Um, if you see a little crisscross pattern of texture on
1: the card, that is uh, indeed a in uh, and finish. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're so snobby. We should we should do that. But yeah, yeah. No, I dig the components. you want to talk all... about the card core? <laughs> <laughs> sure, Jonathan. What's
0: the, how do I determine the card? Take core? Take the full deck of cards, uh-huh. keep them together in a nice tight stack. Uh-huh. Look at it in light and tell me what color it is. Could be gray. Okay. Could be white. Could be blue. Could. What be am blind. I looking for? What, what am I looking for? A- any core that works is is. is is the good core, right? It's just that some of the different cores have different properties. For instance, gray core and blue core, uh, tend to be a little less expensive, um, in terms of, of printing. They don't hold their shape as well on multiple shuffles as something like an ivory core. Ivory core has what, what, what you would call a snap to it. that brings it back to its
1: original shape. Tell you what, tell you what, remind me. And during the break, I'll go, I'll go get the game and I'll look. I do like that. Every monster has its own sort of unique powers and none of them feel better than the others some of them are more situational which kind of sucks because if you sort of forget <laughs> you could put yourself in the situation where you can't do it anymore which kind of sucks I, I i yeah that would be my only thing like yeah all the powers none of the powers are extremely broken compared to one another it's just some of them are more situational than others so you kind of have to pay more attention boo berry you have to pay attention Booberry's kind of hard because his, his stuff is very situational and just knowing when to do it is is pretty key with him Whereas Frankenberry is is pretty is pretty solid. He's pretty easy to play. <laughs> it's making me want some Fruit Brute. Damn it! Like I'm mad that they only release that cereal every so often. I kind of want cereal now too. Thanks for that. You're welcome, Jonathan. What's your pleasure, sir? Do you like Count Chocula, Boo Berry, Frankenberry, Fruit Brute, or? Mummy, mummy, yummy, mummy, yummy, uh, mummy. I
0: don't really, I've never, I've never been into the monster cereals as much as so I love the topic. I'm just kind of a Rice Krispies guy. Plain Rice Krispies, with milk, add honey.
1: I shall not judge, because my favorite thing is cornflakes with nothing. Yeah, I don't know why.
0: I don't know what real milk is anymore, you know that.
1: Yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> I should <laughs> buy some on Amazon and send it to you. Just to to myself
0: to sleep over a bowl of cereal and coconut slop because <laughs> i refuse to call it milk it's not milk that's a lie it's a lie that's true i'm not gonna say that too loud because i'm afraid of my pregnant wife
1: uh is it like turkey bacon is it good it just Shout really sucks. Su- should never be called bacon because it's not bacon bacon, I, not bacon. I, I bacon you know, is bacon. i i agree i i do like turkey bacon it's just it should not be called bacon it should be called turkey smoked turkey breakfast strips. yeah fried smoked turkey strips because yeah, they're they're, they're bacon. M- that's a lie they're tasty i enjoy eating sure. them it's just yeah sure it's just tasty. not bacon but it's not bacon. Is the coconut drink milk I substitute? I like it. The consistency throws me off. The,
0: did I ever tell you a story about the first time I poured some of this stuff out on Sirius?
1: Yes, yes. We shared that on the podcast. There you go. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah, no. You know my thoughts. It, it, it's the, the consistency's wrong. It's, it's wrong. It just shouldn't okay. be.
1: Okay. That's fair.
0: That's and fair. I don't like coconuts. Don't get me wrong.
1: That just doesn't need to be. All right. Well, what what have you played, sir? you played more Elder Signs, I see.
0: Yeah, a bunch of stuff I've already played. Elder Signs, which talked about recently i'm gonna blame brendan for that one he got it back into my blood dude now you made me find
1: the list and then you're like oh i played a bunch of stuff i already played getting rid of the list leave okay continue
0: Played another match of time stories this time the uh the prophecy of dragons this one takes place in a magical universe
1: did you double check if dale can take notes i
0: don't know i'm gonna to to look i'm gonna to to look i did not okay sorry Prophecy dale. of dragons wasn't as uh is my least favorite of the three i've played
1: You can't hit them all out of the park.
0: It's closer to the first. I'm not saying it wasn't enjoyable. I still had a great time. It's just my least favorite of the three. It's a little closer to the first one, but there's only one real good physical puzzle, and it's kind of awkward. It's not really handled well. Yeah, I don't know. It was fun. It was fun. It made for a good evening of detective work. Uh, I continue to apply video game logic to it, and it continues to be uh, a great ally. It very rarely lets me down.
1: (laughs) Okay, you got to explain that.
0: Okay, like video game logic. Like, um, you walk into well, okay. I can't really give you a specific example because it's going to be a spoiler
1: alert. Yeah, I may want to play that. So, okay.
0: I'll, okay. I'll just say this: there are certain tropes and certain characters that you run into in video games that you know are an obvious way to get into a fight. You know, <laughs> and sometimes you'll run into those tropes in uh, in time stories. And so far. It's always been, if I apply my video game logic to it, it's served me nine times out of ten. Uh, Some more Heroes of Tyranoth, which we're going to be talking about in just a little bit. And Heroes of Normandy made a return. Oh. Little tactical chip game. It's, uh, I, I like that game. It's fun. Well, Robert, that brings us to the end of our off-the-shelf segment. As always, we want to know what you've had off the shelf. Come join our, our Facebook fan group. That's where the vast majority of our conversations are happening.
1: That's where the magic is.
0: Indeed, indeed.
1: That is where Ray should post a picture of his darling little newborn.
0: Yeah, yeah. Little looker, little looker. She's a she's a little cutie. Ray, I'm you glad make
1: kids, buddy. You make yeah. Kids. I'm, I'm glad I don't live near you because my my wife would be just like, can I hold the baby? And then just like huffing her head like a sock with paint in it, right? Like she'd just be
0: like, that's the thing I'm looking forward to most.
1: (laughs) I miss that. Well, I, I have shame. Like I, I think I would try to sneak one once that, that new baby smell, but man, my wife would just be just sitting there like, like with a straw, you know, like with a metal straw, just like, just all up in that baby. One
0: one of the saddest, saddest moments of parenthood for me was when I realized that my children just smelled bad. Now (laughs) (laughs) they did not have the baby smell anymore. And that was a, that was just, you're too grown up. I don't know how to handle this situation. That was that was what kind of moment that was.
1: And, and now you've got the one that's that's uh, on the verge of puberty, and I bet his pits stank.
0: Oh, my God. He smells so bad. I know, right? So we got him some grooming things, right, to try and help with the uh, the, the natural order of things. And then he uses, like, three quarters of the bottle. And, like, you come out of the, the, the master bedroom, you're a good 15 feet away, and you just get assaulted by this cloud of just you know freshness.
1: Oh so he's an advocate of the Axe body spray bath got it.
0: Yeah yeah so we needed to kind of tone it down a notch. I just told him you know like maybe an eighth of a bottle not three quarters. (laughs) Let's just tone it down and and, and then we're going to adjust from there and so the next day I came out and I had to get within 15 you know like five or ten feet of him and I could smell it. So I was like okay let's just tone it down to maybe like a sixteenth of the bottle. And I think now we've tuned him to the proper levels.
1: It's so weird what you have to teach kids, isn't it? Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, to, to be absolutely fair to him, how is he
0: supposed to know? Right?
1: Yeah. You yeah. know,
0: there's, there's no class on this, so so he learned the hard way, which was he, whew,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah, there was a moment where I walked out and I had to just walk downstairs holding my breath. It was, it was intense, man. Yeah? Uh-huh. It was intense, uh-huh. like put the lid back on the bottle. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Lessons learned now. We're moving on. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our off the shelf segment. We will be right- back the We will be back after a short message and when we return it'll be time for our wisdom of
1: crowds. Do you have a tabletop board game, miniature game or RPG that you're going to release for retail? Or do you have an upcoming Tabletop Kickstarter that you're about to launch? We would love to interview you for a future episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast. Send us an email to fmdpodcast2016 at gmail.com
0: to schedule an interview. And welcome back. It is now time for our Wisdom of Crowds. That is, of course, our bi-weekly Tabletop News segment. Once a fortnight, we dive deep into the oceans of tabletop news and bring you, frankly, just kind of what catches our right, eye, really.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we do not dive deep. We just find stuff that we find amusing.
0: Yeah, just stuff that makes me say, hey, look at that. Cool. I bet other people would be
1: excited. Like when we these. did a 15-minute long segment on Magic News because, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Even right. though uh, we have never reviewed nor really talked about the actual play mechanics of Magic the Gathering.
0: Well, shall I jump on in? Yes, please. A couple of big, big games are getting some expansions from AEG. They have announced Smash Up is getting a new expansion called the World Tour International Incident, also known as totally not Street Fighter themed. Totally not. <laughs> it has four new factions from the four corners of the world, luchadores from Mexico, musketeers from France, mounties from Canada, and sumo wrestlers from Japan featuring on the cover Totally Naughty Honda. (laughs) So the expansion will kick off the world tour in 2019, and there will be event kits and all kinds of other fun stuff available at your FLGS. Also, Mystic Veil is getting a new expansion, uh, the Harmony expansion. It adds new advancements, new veils, and a bunch of powerful new leaders and amulets. Uh, that's a game I've been really curious about, Robert, because I have not had a chance to play it yet, but I like the idea. It lets you build new cards uh, using uh, sleeves and see-through cards. It does sound cool. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of into it. I'm going to have to give that one a shot one day. And then finally, The Captain is Dead it is getting a new expansion called Dangerous Planet. <laughs>
1: is totally not the star trek
0: game totally not star trek the crew has escaped the alien prison in lockdown and have landed on an abandoned alien planet inhabited by giant bugs totally not starship troopers
1: ah not ah, totally not starship troopers Fair all enough.
0: right so that'll be in stores approximately july 12th of 2019 the captain is dead dangerous planet the harmony expansion for mystic Vale, and of course the world tour international incident for smash
1: up nice nice from the file of why am I not reading the hell out of this role playing game? Uh, the Star Trek RPG uh, continues to add expansions, and 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 this is what got me. This is what I found was interesting because we've we've we talked about the board cube. So Jonathan, yes, uh, they are going to release very soon the Science Division sourcebook, aka the Blue Shirt book, and this is the final one. They've already done Yellow and Red. Nice. I I, I had no idea. <laughs> They're re- releasing an Alpha Quadrant book, which, oddly, was the second one because they did Beta Quadrant first, which you think that would be in reverse order, but, I don't know, Beta Quadrant's cooler because that's where the Klingons live, if I remember my Trek correctly. And, finally, they're doing a adventure book called Strange New Worlds, which is away team focused. And, uh, yeah, like, why have I not been reading the hell out of this role-playing game? Like, seriously, I'm I'm a giant Trekkie. Giant!
0: Yeah, I am, too. I am, uh... I, I've been meaning to pick this up. I just... That big old board cube that they released was just so ridiculously expensive. I just
1: couldn't bring myself to do it. Well, you know, you don't have to buy the board cube because know, you could just buy the book. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> did you hear they're releasing a, a cheaper board cube that's merely two hundred and fifty dollars? Oh, is that all? I'll take three. Yeah, yeah. Instead of the five hundred dollar one. It comes <laughs> with uh change. everything the other one did, but I don't think it comes with like the minis and a couple of the other stuff. But it has spaces for them. You can still put them in.
0: You know what the new black
1: is, Robert? Uh yeah, yeah orange?
0: No. No, you would hmm. think. No, the new black is a group of children in an eighties setting solving crimes.
1: I have no idea what's going on right now.
0: Chronicles of Crime is getting a new expansion. It's called Welcome to Redview, and this is a family-friendly expansion where you play a group of six kids in the eighties solving crimes. Mmm. Cool. So much like kids, kids on Bikes and Tales from the Loop and Stranger Things, it's more 80s shenanigans with a group of kids. Nice. Now, the, the original Chronicles of Crime was not family friendly. There's a bunch of murders that take place. This one is just crimes that take place. And uh, so it's much more family friendly. It's four new scenarios, 10 new locations, 15 new special items, 25 characters, six player boards, a die, and a rule book. And you have to have that base game to play it. Okay, nice. Now, the other thing to remember about Chronicles of Crime, of course, is that it does require an app to play. So make sure that you have the appropriate hardware for that as well. Back to you, Robert.
1: I sent you a picture of this, Jonathan. But uh, WizKids, as part of their unpainted line, is uh, releasing their Deep Cuts line. Those models are great. Yeah, they're releasing six new models uh, with it. And there's, like, cannons and such. But that's not the cool thing. The cool thing is that shark (laughs) They're releasing the most awesome shark I have ever seen. It's it's got a clear base and then it's like roaring out of the water, so you can you know you can use an ink wash on the clear base to make it look like actual translucentish water. And then there's the shark lunging out of it, and it also comes with a shark fin on another clear base, uh, just swimming through the water like you do. It it I I just saw that and then, and I had to bring it up. It's amazing. It is cool. That does look so cool. <laughs> and there's gonna be other other ones in the line like an octopus and can't whatever the shark the shark is where it's at i'm gonna get that i need to get that in my life anyway that's it just had to talk about the shark now
0: back in 2013 Stonemeyer was a young small company and they released a game called euphoria yeah yeah i remember that yeah build a better dystopia right Mm-hmm. well fast forward to 2019 so we are getting a the first expansion euphoria ignorance is bliss
1: oh go on
0: yeah i'm actually really excited about this i i i I like euphoria i like euphoria a lot in original euphoria players use dice as workers to manipulate the three factions in the world the number of dice represent the intelligence of your workers so you don't want them to be too bright right because bright workers figure out that uh you know they're they're in this terrible situation and they leave but you also don't want your workers to be too dumb, because if they're too dumb, then unfortunately they are, they're just not good workers. They don't produce a lot. So in this expansion, apparently they're going to be messing with that mechanic uh, in, in some way, shape, or form. It involves a brand new faction in the universe, the Icarites, and they live among the clouds. But for some reason, selling bliss from the clouds is not enough for them. They have now descended, and they're going to be imposing a new way of life. So we'll see what that's going to entail very soon, later this year.
1: Back to you, buddy. All right, so uh, Wizards has been uh, teasing a little bit uh, more stuff from the next storyline that should be up soon. And by the time this is out, they may have announced it already. Who knows? They sound like they're getting close. But they released a couple pages, uh, preview pages, which, funnily enough, are still titled Long Walk, Short Plank. Uh, so I guess they have not come up with a title yet, or these were uh, specially made to be teasers. But it's pretty clear that the next indie adventure is appears to be a reboot uh, of a classic and somewhat obscure adventure, the U series from First Edition. Uh, very specifically, they have text from U three, the final enemy, actually directly in the adventure, and you'll like this. The short version of what the u series is about uh u one is the sinister secret of the salt marsh u two is not that bad. It's the danger at dunwater, and then u three is the final enemy uh it's about uh Selhagen, the evil Gilman of the d d universe who worship uh sharks basically, just up to no good, and you putting a stop to it, so yes, yes. Gilman are going to be the next major antagonist for the D anD D adventure, from all accounts. You know, I love me some Gilman. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. I'm really excited about that, actually. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's going to have ship rules, and it's not the first time they've gone to that. Well, they in second edition they've done they did a, a series of adventures called the Sea Devils, which was about the Sahagan. They also did a an event in the Forgotten Realms called the Rising Tide, which was about a a long lost god of the Sahagan coming back and being up to no good and he destroyed the the sharkbane wall and they revealed uh, Myth Nantar. so we'll see if any of that fluff is also incorporated in or not we'll see but yeah it's it's uh it's interesting it's interesting so they're they're rebooting kind of like Princes of the Apocalypse was a reboot of the Temple of Elemental Evil this is a reboot of you know those the U series which i guess U stands for underwater <laughs> makes sense so, makes sense so there you go so we'll probably be finding out more about this soon but yeah it's it's pretty it looks pretty interesting and you know Gilman. That worship sharks. Those are good villains. I'm kind of okay with that. And you know what happens uh, when the Sahagin, uh there's like a Sahagin city uh, close to a sea elf city. Occasionally, some of the Sahagin are born looking like sea elves. And if you cut them open and look on the insides, like they're Sahagin on the inside, but on the outside, they look like sea elves and they go and they infiltrate and get up to no good.
0: I mean, can you trust the sea elf?
1: Yeah. Well, they're elves. They're always pure of heart and good and stuff with webbed Except toes. They're lying. No, no, no. These are D D elves. They don't lie. But they're infiltrating. They have to lie. No, no. That's that's the Sahagan infiltrating. Ah, gotcha. They just lo- they look like sea elves on the outside, but on the inside, they're all Gilman. Well, Gilman lie all the time. I think that's, that's that. Obvious. Yeah. Well, they worship sharks. What do you want? <laughs> do, do 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 do
0: Two last quick stories. Uh, Bunny Kingdom, a Richard Garfield game. It's gotten a lot of real positive vibes. Uh, I have not yet played it myself. I really kind of want to. It's getting expansions, Bunny Kingdom, In the Sky, featuring Totally Not a Chocobo. Take a look at that cover, buddy.
1: No, that is Totally Not a Chocobo, sir. Totally Not a Chocobo.
0: No. So the In the Sky expansion adds a whole new playing area. It has a uh, new skyboard that links Feasts to the main board. Additionally, you're going to get five l- new larger tower buildings, the Caronthodrols, supplies for a fifth player, and some new mechanisms for the base game. So that'll be out in sometime in April. You know, kind of near a certain holiday that stars a rabbit. And then finally, uh, something that's really exciting to me, because I, I have wanted to play these games for quite some time, the Raiders of the North Sea series is getting a digital treatment from Renegade Game Studios. Uh, they're teaming up with Direwolf Digital and Garphill Games, and uh, they will be releasing it sometime in the first quarter of 2019, starting with Raiders of the North Sea, which is a really, really popular worker placement game. It'll be on iOS and Android. Yeah, this follows uh, Clank and Lanterns and Lotus to digital, which is, is, so I like that all these games are getting the digital treatment. That makes me happy. Nice. Okay, cool. And now it's time for our Year in the Life segment. Our Year in the Life segment, of course, is where we take a look at what we deep dove a year ago, and we have 365 seconds to talk about it. And if we want to go longer, well, it means we need to take the sucker off the shelf and get it on the table. So, Robert, one year ago, what did we talk about?
1: Forgot my dice. Episode thirty-five. Hold on, I'm dying. Uh, we were talking about Century Spice Road,
0: which is rather appropriate because the new uh, Century game has now officially been announced and will be at Gen Con.
1: Nice. Yeah, yeah. You talked about that a little bit in the last one, and and I know you've definitely been playing it because you talked about the the combo game and the and the the sequel game. So you've you've been playing it in a sense because you played the. The two games jam together.
0: I'm really looking forward to New World. It'll be nice to round out the trilogy. And, man, that cover looks so friggin' good.
1: <laughs> it's kind of So if, if memory serves, you said Spice Road replaced Splendor, right? Yeah. right?
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I still play Splendor occasionally. It's it's still a fun game. And I think Splendor is a little less thinky, so it's easier to, to, to um, get new people in on. But I think um, Spice Road is a real logical progression once they've learned Splendor. It's a a good one to to get them up a level in terms of uh, engagement. And so for me personally, with with people that know what they're doing, I I would much rather reach for Spice Road than Splendor.
1: Oh, my gosh. So I'm reading our our little blurb on this uh, on our website. And you know what also happened a year ago, Jonathan? What's that? Quote, the boys are back, dot, 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 sort of. In between episodes, the plague ensnared both Jonathan and Robert, making this episode more random than usual. <laughs> there you go. That's I think. It's plague I think, season. Yeah, I think that was Sudafed, Jonathan.
0: <laughs> yeah, but see, last year was when Phyllis came to town. Yeah, was that that episode? I wonder. I don't know, but if it says "Hold on, I'm dying," that was probably because I'm coughing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember that.
0: Yeah, I so. I got off much easier this year.
1: No Phyllis. <laughs> nice nice oh wow monster hunter world god it's been a year since that came out yeah i was playing dragon quest 11 good times memory yeah buddy, good times stranger things 2 we were
0: out. oh and now we're on the eve of season 3 that's good stuff
1: yeah yeah good times good times
0: well that brings us to the end of our wisdom of crowds segment we will return in just a moment after a short break with our deep dive, and today we'll be deep diving Heroes of Taranoth, a cooperative card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Huzzah! We love getting feedback, so please let us know how we're doing by hitting us up at one of the following.
1: You can join us on Patreon, where we post bonus content. You can also message us or tweet at us on the Twitter. Find us at Forgot My Dice. You can join us in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash fmdpodcast.
0: If you like the show, the best way for more people to find out about us is to give Forgot My Dice a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play.
1: Lastly, for those of you seeking experiences beyond our concepts of pleasure and pain, set the Lamont configuration to full hell mode. Oddly, you can find us in several levels of the labyrinth as the only thing playing on the radio. Wait, what? I have such sights to show you, Jonathan.
0: I need to take your Netflix account away from you. And welcome back from that break. Today we're going to be deep diving into Heroes of Tyranoth, a card game set in the world of Tyranoth, which is, of course, fantasy flights setting for fantasy RPGs, board games, etc. It's the same world that you see in Descent, the board game, um, Rune Wars, all that fun stuff. So, Robert, tell us about Heroes of Tyranoth.
1: Strike back at the enemies of the realm in Heroes of Tyranoth. In the Free Cities, the Blood Guard sows discord, while in the Mistlands, the dead rise from their graves. Heroes of Taranoth is a cooperative card game of questing and adventure for one to four players. You'll combine your strengths, choosing 12 distinct and powerful heroes split between four archetypes healer, warrior, mage, and scout. These archetypes are further diversified into different classes that your heroes could pursue as your power grows. Regardless of which archetype and class you embrace, you and your friends must combine your powers, leaning on one another's strengths to survive your journeys and defeat the enemies who stand against you. The risk may be great, but the rewards are even greater.
0: I feel like that's when the uh, drums come in. Boom, 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 boom.
1: This is kind of the, the, the second edition of this game, right? Because the original version was known as the Warhammer Quest card game, if that's...
0: It is indeed. It is indeed. Same designers, uh, Adam and Brady Sadler. Uh, they are fantastic designers, by the way. I'm a big fan of their designs. And uh, they do a lot of these co-op games. Uh, that seems to be their specialty, which makes sense. They're brothers, and they, they design together. And the Warhammer card game was fantastic. Uh, it was a, an excellent card game that basically... it. it Recreated a dungeon crawl uh, with cards and it did it in some really interesting and unique ways. And what we have here is the same engine, just revamped. Was it in the Age of Sigmar setting? No, no, it was in uh, original Warhammer Fantasy. Cool. I'm a proud owner of that original and the uh, very hard to get uh, print on demand expansions that were only
1: released for a short while. Hmm, okay, just new characters, which was really cool. So, Jonathan, tell me how this game works.
0: All right, so uh, it's a card game, which is kind of neat. And the cards represent a bunch of different information. They represent your location, your enemies, your character, the actions that you can do, and um, a bunch of different modifiers, uh, like equipment that you can pick up, and and modifiers that uh, alter game rules, etc. What we have here is four distinct phases. The first phase is the hero phase. And basically, in the hero phase, you're going to use your activation cards to perform actions. Uh, Now, your basic hero only has very, very basic actions, something like attack or uh, explore, etc. And what you do is you have all these actions in front of you, and when you use one, you tap it. And the tapping of it is important because eventually you're going to run out of actions that are untapped, and you're going to have to take a moment to rest. And when you rest, you're not only going to recover some life, but you're also going to have an opportunity to reset all of your actions so that you can use them again. You can attack, you can explore, uh, you can render aid to one another, and uh, you can also rest. Those are kind of the actions that you can uh, do during the hero phase. After the hero phase comes the enemy phase, where each ready enemy is going to activate using their action bar, and that's a series of actions that they will perform uh, depending on their situation. If they're engaged with an enemy, they'll do one thing. If they're not engaged with an enemy, they might run forward and engage with that enemy. They might attack, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, that kind of reminds me of uh, Widower's Wood. They kind of have, like, a, a matrix, almost, of, like, conditional, like...
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's a very similar idea. It's a very similar mechanic.
1: Okay. It's a good mechanic.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm a fan. Uh, it uh, makes the AI deck feel really organic and, and interesting, and it makes each of the enemies that you encounter feel different, which is fun. Okay. Next, you're going to come across the peril phase, and the peril phase is where the peril uh, marker advances, and sometimes, because each scenario that you do has one of these, um, boards in front of it that, uh, has a specific peril track on it. Sometimes when you advance to a certain point, something terrible will happen, and that will alter the game state and make things generally more difficult for the heroes. And it acts as a mission timer as well, because if you run out of time on the peril, then you're, you're game over. So it, it forces you to move forward. What's an, what's an example of peril, just out of curiosity? Uh, let me pull a peril card here. Hold on. So an example of peril would be um, from the very first scenario that they suggest playing, the goblin problem. The peril track only contains seven stops. The first two stops, nothing happens. They're they're blank. But then you hit the green stop. In a show of coordination, perhaps more dumb luck than actual tactical planning, the goblins encircle you to foul your pursuit. For each goblin in play, the party leader chooses one hero to suffer one damage. Each hero then upgrades an activation card. There's a little bit bad and a little bit of good. The bad part, somebody's getting hit. The good part, you get to upgrade one of your cards, which is awesome, because there's a bunch of decks in the game, each representing an individual hero. And within that hero, there's a couple different, essentially, upgrade trees that you can choose from. And when you get the opportunity to upgrade an activation card, what you're doing is you're trading in your basic action, and you're trading it in for a more efficient, stronger, secondary action.
1: Hmm, okay. Okay.
0: Now, each of these scenarios is going to have a victory or a defeat. What it's going to come down to is you're going to have a bunch of bad guys that you need to slaughter, and then you're going to need to do some exploring. And when you explore, you get tokens that you add to the location that you're currently at. When you get enough uh, explored tokens, you are going to have an opportunity in the final phase of the turn to travel in the travel phase. And that's when locations can change, location abilities can occur. And you're going to get an opportunity to move along to the next location in the deck. So that is the basics of it. That's the basics of the game. Now, that being said, there's a lot of modifiers that happen during the game to make each scenario feel kind of unique. And certainly there's a deck full of enemies. You're not always going to see them at the same time. Okay. Part of the build buildup of, of any given scenario is that you build an enemy deck for it. And so you're going to choose a bunch of different enemy types as it prescribes them, sometimes random, and you're going to add them together into a, a deck that is then shuffled so you're never sure what's coming up next.
1: You know, I'm not terribly familiar with the, the Terranoth setting. How, how standard fantasy are we talking about? or Is this orcs and goblins and dragons and such? Oh yeah, or is there's it...
0: orcs, there's goblins, there's dragons, there's uh, it's pretty much everything you've come to uh, expect. Rat people.
1: Giants? Are there giants? There are giants. In fact, there's one on the cover which looks really cool. Cool. Although okay. I think cool. that might be just a big old golem. <laughs> what ifs? What ifs. Okay. And so, how, how do these scenarios play out differently? Like, what, what what's the actual difference? Do you have like objectives? Are you are you trying to do things like?
0: Yeah. Um. Sometimes it'll be to explore enough that you find a specific item somewhere in the explore deck, um, which can take some time. Uh. Sometimes it's going to be you know basically getting through to find a boss character that's at the end of that deck, and you can only find that boss character in a certain spot. And really, where the the majority of the the gameplay puzzle comes in, it's when do I attack, when do I explore, and when do I rest. You know, it's it's always a risk and reward.
1: Okay, so the the uh, thing mentioned is that there's four archetypes, and then you you pick classes. So one, how does that work? And two, is there a paladin? So there's those four
0: archetypes, right? And which within each archetype are three characters, at least in the base set. So for instance, there are three different scouts. One of them uh, is Elven, one of them is Halfling, and one of them is uh, like a human ranger type. More rogue, I guess you could say. But when you look at them, they each have a a unique special power that uh, lets them act like, for example, the scout Kari Wraithstalker. Before your action, you may discard one success token to choose an enemy, and that enemy is then going to immediately suffer one damage. So that's, that's her special power, for instance. Once you pick one of those characters, you get the basic cards for that class, and they're going to be identical for all the different characters.
1: So all the scouts get the same deck at the start. At the
0: start, yeah. But within that, you get a card for aiding, a card for attacking, a card for exploring, and a card for resting. And each of those are going to have different effects. And then there are two complete sets of upgrade cards, each of which go in a slightly different direction, which lets you kind of customize your character so for instance if we look at the mage deck there's three mages that you can be landrick the wise kind of human wizard lissa who's like a little cat person and astara who's like a, a human priestess but in a you know slightly different bed one of them is all about exploring one of them is about uh, attacking enemies before they get a chance to attack you and one of them is about action efficiency because it lets you um use less tokens. If we look at their deck, the basic actions are real straightforward. You can, um, aid somebody, which involves a a dice check of two dice. You can attack somebody, which is a dice check of two dice. You can explore, which is a dice check of two dice, or you can rest, which gives you an opportunity to roll one die to determine how much, uh, you, you heal up. Now, if we were to look at their two upgrades, like let's take a look at the two uh, attack upgrades. So instead of having a two dice basic attack check, You can either choose Lightning Rune or Earthen Anguish. Now, Lightning Rune, uh, you become engaged with an enemy, and now it is a three-die ranged attack rather than just a standard two-die attack. And before resolving this action, you may exhaust another activation card to apply plus two hits to the result. So that's a pretty powerful spell, right? Earthen Anguish, on the other hand, it's also a three-die spell. But before resolving this action, you may exhaust another activation card to target up to three enemies. And it's got Area of Effect. So then you can kind of customize your character based on how you're playing or maybe the scenario that you're playing through.
1: So, question, is there a paladin?
0: Yes and no. Can can you be a fighter healer or a healy-fighter? Yeah, there is a a healy-fighter, but due to the nature of the game, most of the healing that you do is going to come from your rest action. But there are characters that allow you to heal other characters at the same time that you heal yourself during that rest action.
1: Okay. So, yes, you can make a paladin. Okay, that's key, that's key. That, that will directly determine my enjoyment of the game. <laughs> Good, we wouldn't want these pesky gameplay rules to get in the way. No, no, no. I, I have to play my Paladin. Paladin is the best class, sir. Alright, Jonathan, in a true return to form after a bit of a hiatus, how's that rulebook? Rulebook's real, real straightforward.
0: Your, your basic setup is you're going to choose a quest, that quest is going to help you dictate that enemy deck. The enemy deck's going to be made up by uh, grabbing the the various groups of three enemy cards that it calls for. Everything's in groups of three. Then you're going to create a location deck, again, grabbing the proper cards based on the the scenario you're playing. Uh, Then the exploration deck. The exploration deck is pretty tied to the location deck because it's stuff you're going to find at the different locations. You're going to prepare your nemesis, who's like a super baddie. He's like the boss. You know what this feels like more than anything?
1: Hmm.
0: You remember the Dungeons & Dragons arcade game? Yes. Yeah, you play a mission, you go through, you you, you unlock a couple of big powers, and then you're, you're at the end, you you kind of restart the whole process, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. We, we're talking about Shadows over Mistara.
0: Yeah, I love
1: that game. Uh, good time. I love that game too. I I, just, I still have that game on the 360 there. Uh, I know it. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like the only reason for me to get an X-Bone, to be honest with you. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I'm not talking about Shadows over star.
0: You you put your your peril token down on the scenario sheet after you've got all your cards um shuffled and out. You're going to choose the heroes that you're going to use for that particular um particular run. You reveal the f- the first location, spawn a couple enemies and get to work. Uh, so in that respect it's very very straightforward. Where the crunchiness comes in is when you're doing things like attacking and exploring because everything is based off of a dice uh, a dice check, right? There's uh, a bunch of custom dice that come with the game. And when you roll them, depending on what action you're doing, they do different things. So you use the same dice for everything. When you attack, for instance, you're going to roll the attack. And that number, uh, the number of successes that you have, is going to be balanced against a natural resilience that the enemy has. You're then going to compare those numbers. Whatever's left over is the damage that's done. If that exceeds their health, which is the next number over on the card... Then you've killed them. If not, then play continues, and the enemy is going to have an opportunity to attack you. And it's the same with Explore, right? Every single location has a certain uh, amount of Explore tokens that is needed to clear it. And so when you do the Explore action, you're actually getting Explore tokens that, that add towards that number.
1: And so this this entire game is entirely card-driven, right? There's no other props or map or anything? Cards and dice. Uh, how are the cards, dice, and tokens? It's
0: great. I mean, it's the quality you've come to expo- uh, expect
1: from uh, Fantasy Flight.
0: It's fantastic. They're they're nice quality punches, nice quality cards. It's a beautiful production. Uh, And it's got great art, too. I'm really a fan of the art of of Tyranoth. Like, that's something that they've had a lot of fun with. It's not so realistic as Warhammer, you know? It's got a slightly cartoony feel to
1: it, and it really, really works for me. Well, I I would not call Warhammer realistic. Uh, I'd call Warhammer grittier. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This has a more... Tyrannoth always reminds me of wow. You know, it's 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 very a little bit brighter, and everything's kind of like bigger, and from like you know just absurd weapons and architecture to just everything. Like it's it's a little bit hyper-real, if that's a word. I'm going to allow it. Well, they've had a a chance to uh, take a crack at the uh, the rules again. So, is there anything that's off in the rules or?
0: So yeah, the the big differences between those games really kind of comes down to the individual characters and the way they they work. If that makes sense, the the game itself, the 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 main engine running everything is pretty much identical to the the engine that ran Warhammer. Mm-hmm. What you have here is the archetypes. Even though each of them has the same actions, they vary very differently from each other, and that's where it feels unique. It feels different. Like the characters don't feel the same as the Warhammer characters.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And was there anything off, uh, off in the execution itself? Like, are there any gaming snafus? Or?
0: Not at all. You know, once, once, you, once you learn the little fiddly bits, uh, it's very, very straightforward, and it plays very, very quickly. They also offer a playmat, which I ended up picking up, which is kind of nice because it has spots for all the decks and kind of helps keep everything organized. And the playmat's really pretty because it's got a nice map of Tiernoth in the background. It really kind of adds to the uh, flavor.
1: And what would you say the recommended player count is? It says you can play it solo, but you know, obviously, that's not where the magic is. I mean,
0: the, the game works best when you have all four archetypes playing. So, I mean, you know, regardless of your player count, just grab all the decks and make sure that you have all four characters in there. It's going to feel the same.
1: So, okay, so answer answer me this because I've I've had my eye on the uh, the Pathfinder game too. What what does this one do well, and what does the Pathfinder game do better? I like just both. out of curiosity, I like both. Uh, they they both look good. I'm just curious. What's what's the strength of one, and what's the strength of the other? This
0: is less fiddly and less abstract.
1: Okay. The the Pathfinder game ends up
0: feeling very abstract, and and that kind of removes me from the world. Um, this game excels in putting me in the world and not quite, quite feeling so abstract. And I think this one, there's a little less downtime in between rounds, which means that as a player, you're going to feel like part of the action more often. I also like the, the, the push-pull between the uh, actions and when to rest them. There's, there's a certain rhythm that you want, and based on the enemies that might be out on the board at any time, sometimes you'll find yourself resting at, at a very inopportune time just because you need to get that attack back. And it, it makes for an interesting dynamic. That's I, I, one of my favorite things about the game.
1: But then again, if you like filling your game full of headcanon and stuff, then the Pathfinder game would be a little bit more narrative you.
0: Yeah, I, I guess it just depends on where they're going to take these scenarios. The ones that come in the box are very much little standalone scenarios. There's no um, there's no real campaign to it. And I, I guess that that to me is where I'd like to see it go next. It's set up for it. You could plug it in. It's just that the the base game doesn't
1: come with it. So what they need to do is, like, make a legacy box expansion for this to sort of...
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's one direction that they could take it. I mean, the obvious thing is drop new characters in, and that could be really interesting. And and I think that you could even drop new archetypes in, and that would be interesting. Uh, or new upgrades for each of the archetypes. And that would be a, a real good way to, to make everything feel fresh again, because you can run through all the original scenarios again and, and have a fresh feeling. The thing that I want to see the most, and, and this is not a knock on the game, but merely what the direction I would like to see it go is like release a campaign for this sucker. It would, it would be awesome. It would be huge. That was the one thing that I left wanting uh, at the end of the day. And that is not a knock on the game because the the game is brilliant and fun. That is mere more like, I see where this could go and I see how this could get interesting. So let's, let's do it. Let's stretch it out. I didn't want it to end. I was having a a blast when I got to the end of the the different quests. I was like, I wish I could keep going. Yeah, at the end of the day, Robert, this is a fun game, and it's a fun co-op game, which I always appreciate. I like playing with my friends. The AI is driven in a really interesting and organic way that makes it feel um, feel like there's something controlling it. Frankly, there's just a ton to like about the, about the game. I like the, the conversations that it starts at the table and working with each other to, to figure out the different uh, balances between combat and exploration. And, um, yeah, overall, I'm just very impressed with it. It's a neat entry into this this style of game, and I, I'm i glad it's here. I, I cannot wait to see where they take it.
1: Especially because it's in their, their home setting. They don't have to worry about it ending prematurely. Exactly. You know what I'd really like to see? Because they've got all these games set in the Terranoth universe. It'd be interesting if they somehow released an expansion for all of them that was like an event that happened in it that pushed the the world's the world forward so like they could release an expansion for rune wars which would be like these big battles and then you could drill it down a little bit into descent and this game where you know it's like some sort of uber dungeon where you're killing a big bad as part of it and then you know you could release a adventure for the rpg which is kind of that same story but you know from a different point of view
0: yeah it would be cool that would be that would be cool. cool
1: You see a lot event. of the same
0: characters throughout, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they always do that. You know, they, they they did that in Arkham and all that too, you know, in all the various Arkham games. I need to read more about Tyrannoth. Like I I kinda dig the world. 'Cause it's it's kind of tropey fantasy, but then they don't do that sometimes too.
0: No, it's
1: neat. <laughs> it's its own thing. It's its own own
0: unique little universe. It's it's fun in that respect.
1: And it it's got just enough familiar that you're you're kinda cool with it. And then like I, I remember the orcs in particular and and the undead having having kind of a neat spin on them that's a little it's a little off the sort of standard fantasy trope but that was good
0: ultimately it always feels familiar but it still always feels fresh i guess that's how you, i
1: would describe that universe
0: well robert that brings us to the end of another episode hard to believe this is 57 in the can buddy
1: you know it's, you know, it's kind of co- creepy or kooky or whatever i uh, i think the next episode of yours you will have a baby
0: Well, I mean, you want to
1: think Think about about that (laughs)
0: because
1: who knows? Let's see. Let's see the 25th when she do 28th. Oh, oh, maybe not. Maybe not. It's a gamble. No, man, babies show up when they want to show up. I'm not going to take that bet. Like every, every single child that has been born into my wife's family uh, has been like overdue. And then, you know. Our, our uh, you know, our first one was exactly on her due date. So, you know, whatever. You the know. baby will be here. You never, you never know.
0: know. The the midwife was telling Jessica, like, uh, first babies, labor takes forever. Second babies tend to be a lot quicker. And third babies are often b- born in the car. That was a terrifying thing to hear.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, remember what Ray said. Like, yeah, they don't they don't wait until the contractions or whatever. They just go.
0: Yeah, yeah. The midwife <laughs> was saying the same thing. So let me tell you, I put a bunch of towels in Jessica's car cuz there's certain things that there's certain stains that just don't come out and I don't want that in my car. She's got leather seats. It's a lot easier to clean. I got cloth, not so much.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That yeah. I
0: don't think I would ever be able to sit in my truck again if I knew that that had happened there. I would just replay that memory every time I sat down in it and I love my truck. Yeah. No, no. There's there's nothing bad about that. But but there's a certain trauma when you're trying to get someplace that you spend a ridiculous amount of money to, to book and then the kid's like, ah, oh, no, screw it, I'm just going to come out right here on the driver's seat or in the passenger seat, right where the dog's butt goes. <laughs> right? it just makes it a little more real.
1: <laughs> well, you'll have to keep us informed.
0: I mean, it's happening one way or another, right? Yeah, committed yeah. at this point.
1: Yeah, here you're, you're pretty committed. It's it's gonna happen. I don't know what I'm saying, man. I haven't had dinner yet, and and I can smell it. It's 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 one of the classics. Go, I'm, go I'm, get your grub, brother. Go get your grub. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of episode fifty-seven of the Forgot My Dice podcast. Once again, we ask you to join all of our digital domains. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what you've had on the table, Robert. That leaves us with just one last thing. Any final thoughts?
1: yeah i checked uh monster crunch it was hard to tell if it's either a very light gray or it's white the cards
0: oh there you go there you go probably uh probably either a a, a gray core or an ivory core both extremely fine
1: choices there you go and there was no texture so no no linen finish but i checked i checked linen finish is nice i like cards with a linen finish
0: that's it's a total preference thing
1: i know you like cards with a linen finish you don't shut up about them Like I said, that's why my wife made a crack. She's like, is this a linen finish? I don't even know. Because we we were like, the cards actually feel really nice. So she was like, is this linen? I don't know what linen is. So now i got to go find a linen finish that I have. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I'll look. What games do you have? With cards? uh, Battlestar, Castle Ravenloft, Undercity. Hold on. on. I mean, FFG game, I'm, I'm assuming they would.
0: I have Undercity right here. Oh, the the box for Undercity has a linen finish on it.
1: Oh, well, there you go. I will go inform her right yeah, now. So do the tiles. That's a oh. linen finish
0: on there.
1: Okay. Uh, perfect, perfect. I will the go pull out my box. The
0: sheets do not. The cards do not have a linen finish.
1: Okay, but the tiles do. So. But the tiles
0: do and the box does.
1: Perfect, perfect. I will go pull out those tiles and show her.
0: You just touch the box. The box is, has everything you need.
1: There you go. Okay.
0: I need a box. It is. again.
1: I like under Undercity. I do too. I really wanted to play the the whole campaign. System. Yeah, it's War Machine simplified slightly, ever so slightly. I made the RPG fun too. If you were into that combat system, because you basically make a super solo and go wreck. And and when I was really heavy into War Machine, it was super nice because we played the RPG for a while, and then I got some new model, and I was like, yeah, this new model is great. And and my wife like you know looked at me and she's like, what's the PS on it? And I'm like. 18 and she's like oh that's pretty good i'm like yeah yeah and it has crit and she's like "Ooh, that'd be nice and i'm like oh this is so good this is so good because my wife wants nothing to do with war games at all and i don't blame her but uh yeah the fact that she played the rpg enough that we could talk war machine was just amazing well there you it, go it, good stuff. it made her ma- it made our marriage better <laughs> war machine bringing
0: people together heck yeah well, there's only one thing left to do, Robert.
1: Party on. Party on, Jonathan. I'm going to go get some buffalo nuggets. Mm-mm-mm. They're spicy. They're surprisingly spicy. Anyway, I'm going to go get some. The music you heard in this podcast was intro by Elifiel. Additional music was provided by Brian Winkleman. Funding for the Forgot My Dice podcast was provided by our supporters on Patreon. Thank you.